James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. Welcome back to the Memorial Day edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour. So pleased, ladies and gentlemen, to introduce to you a former colleague of mine. We both worked on the Rush Limbaugh show together. He is an author. By the way, he and his wife are distinguished authors. But Dean Karianis is also a historian. And what better day to have a historian join us than Memorial Day. Welcome, Dean. How are you? I am doing great, James. Thanks so much for inviting me on today of all days. It's really an honor to talk about Memorial Day. Well, I feel that way, and I'm, I'm so glad to have you here for that discussion. You know, Dean, uh, we, first of all, people can find you at historyauthor.com, and your website is totally amazing. So I just want <laughs> to point my wife. <laughs> yes, we want to just point people in that direction. Dean, the history of Memorial Day, how did Memorial Day come to be in America? Well, it starts actually in the Confederacy, which I think is something that I'm surprised more people don't get worked up about. So that's just between you and me and the people listening. We'll keep it quiet. But it is about that loss. And then the Grand Army of the Republic picks it up. And the man who really creates it is General John A. Logan, who was a congressman in the North. He was a Democrat, becomes a Republican during the war. He's big for the cause of the Union. And May 30th, 1868, he declares that a decoration day at Arlington National Cemetery. And something that I didn't know until I looked into it a little bit for our conversation is the National Museum of the U.S. Army believes he chose that day because flowers are in full bloom. So we think of it today as the beginning of summer, and that has a little bit of a connection. But I think it's nice to make that particular link and say, we see all these flowers out there, and this is why we began this tradition. Eventually it becomes not the 30th, but the final Monday in May. That's in 1971. So it really evolves with the country to become Memorial Day out of Decoration Day. Now, you mentioned Arlington National Cemetery, and that also has an amazing history. Arlington, for those people that didn't learn this in history, and that might be quite a few these days, Arlington National Cemetery was not always Arlington the Cemetery. It was the home and the estate of Robert E. Lee. And once he went to war, he was never able to come back to that estate. The United States government confiscated it, and today it is the final resting place for so many brave and heroic members of our military. And, incidentally, not just the military, but as people know, John Ken President John Kennedy, who was in the United States Navy, is also buried there, among other, um, <clears throat> among other notable figures in American history. Absolutely. And I know we spoke when we talked about doing this interview about the Tomb of the Unknown Soldiers uh, of the Unknown Soldier. And Jeff Gottesfeld wrote a book that I did on the History Author Show called 21 Steps Guarding the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And it's for young people. It's beautifully illustrated. And he just he tells it from the point of view of the unknown and how back when 100 years ago it had been desecrated and people were just coming for the view and they really weren't respecting the mission. And that's how we got these amazing guards, the tomb guards who have all this pomp and circumstance, have all this real dedication, 21 steps, the 
two fingers, the hat is above their head. They five hours shining their shoes and people talk to one guard. Uh, his name is Colin Anthony. And they, they asked him, isn't all this too much? The marching, the heel clicks, the, all the 21s in the, in the ceremony they do, especially during the coronavirus, because during COVID there was no one there to see them do it. They just did it strictly out of dedication. And this, this soldier, Colin Anthony said, this tomb guard, I look at the tomb and I remember we give two years. They gave everything. It's one thing to give your life in war, but the unknowns gave even their name. They gave everything that they had, the, the last measure. And I, I hope that's something people will remember today on Memorial Day or for the whole weekend, that it's not just about the summer, not to be confused with Veterans Day. It's really a solemn occasion because they gave everything. They gave every day, every moment, not, not just of their own life, but all the moments they would have had with their family. They loved the country so much that they were willing to sacrifice not just their own lives, but all those little interactions they would have had with their children, being there at their mother or father's deathbed, all of the things that make a life, all those little moments, they were willing to lay all of those down and sacrifice not just for themselves, but for their whole family. And that's what Memorial Day means to me. And I, I think that's something we can get back to a little bit here today if people are listening. And I want to just go back to the beginning of that story because it was a very quick sentence where you said the reason this came into being with permanent guards every single moment of every single day was that the tomb of the unknown soldier until then had been vandalized. We look today and we think that maybe some of the issues that we face today, graffiti artists, the the people that don't seem to respect the traditions and institutions of America are just recent. They're not. These kind of issues have gone all along. And I just, I just think it's amazing when you look at the detail and the sacrifice that those people that do guard the tomb of the unknown soldier put into it. They take this very seriously. This is an honor for them. And they, I mean, can you imagine being out in some of the weather that they have to face but they never leave their post. This is what they do, guarding a tomb that recognizes the unknown American military members who have given, as you said, everything that they have in defense of this nation. They have one little area they're able to take shelter if there's an electrical storm, but they will be out there for every every other kind of weather. They will face it. And as for COVID, I think it's natural in this day and age that people think, well, there was no one there to see them. They were, And it's a reminder of that dedication. They're not doing it because it's a show. It's not a performance, even though you can go and watch them and participate, hopefully, by being a spectator, bearing witness to their 21 steps, their, their changing of the guard, all these things that they do. But it's first and foremost for the unknown to show them that respect. And to me, when you talk about Memorial Day, this is also so if you lost somebody and they never returned, you can go there as their son or daughter and say that that's that's a connection that I have with them. That's for my mom, dad, sister, brother. And that's something that I think all of that pageantry really brings home, that there's this respect that we still give. They could have just put some rent-a-cop there to guard it against kids with spray cans. But they decided to make this incredible pageantry around guarding the Tomb of the Unknown. And I think we can each do that in our small way. For instance, in New York City, there's 
uh, almost 150 memorials just to the Great War alone. There's a lot of little tiny ones around. I think it's something like 15 Doughboys. I interviewed Kevin C. Fitzpatrick, who's a New York sightseeing guide. And he's with the Guide Association of New York City. And he wrote a book about all of these. They're all on the map, thanks to him. World War I in New York, a guide to the city's enduring ties to the Great War. And when you see some of those, you might have walked by it a hundred times, but there's a can on it or there's somebody's left some trash there. You can pick it up and move it. And we're, we're each then helping to preserve that memorial and remember these people that sacrificed everything so that we could have weekends like this because we very easily could have been still under a dictatorship. We could have lost numerous wars. We could have given into our own civil strife. So I think it's a real connection that people may miss if we don't stop for a minute and remember just how solemn a holiday this is. And let me just mention here, it is not just Memorial Day. Memorial Day, of course, coming into the end of May, we're days away from June. And of course, those that followed the history of World War II know that D-Day was certainly one of the major days in World War II, and we did not know how this was going to turn out. The, uh, the army, the Nazi army, the Axis powers, Hitler had plans to, he said, push Americans and the Allied forces back into the sea. And certainly the machinery of Nazism, which had taken control over so many areas in the world, was a substantial threat to mankind that up until that point, the world had never witnessed. People don't even remember that in World War II, there were over 70,000 theaters of war going on simultaneously uh, at some points in the world. And so it is not just going back through the nation's histories of wars, but World War II was one that could have been the collapse of the entire Western world. It's something that I'm so glad you say, because you think about it now in the past and you think, well, of course it was a, it was going to be a U.S. victory. It was impossible for Germany. And at the time you put yourself in their shoes, they didn't know that. They didn't know if they were dying for nothing, honestly, when they went and they scaled those cliffs. They didn't know that they were going to be able to push back the Germans. Nothing like that had ever been tried before. It was an incredible feat. And it's something I'm doing with the Yogi Bear Museum and Learning Center for the 75th, I'm sorry, 78th anniversary of D-Day this June 6th. And that's doing something they're, they're going to talk about baseball players, and it's the Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation that is combining to do this. And Yogi Berra was one of those men that was on those landing crafts. And to me, a little story about him that, I, that I'll share with your listeners is he described standing up in that landing craft and watching the Nazis bomb him. And he's this young kid. He's 17, and he's so innocent and naive that he, he says, I was watching him because they were so pretty, like fireworks at Coney Island. <laughs> and and it, it, to me, that always strikes me and reminds me of just how young they were. They may have never even been off their block in Brooklyn before, and yet they went around the world to try to save it. It's just a, a beautiful thing. Well, Dean, I am certainly very happy that you joined us this Memorial Day. Again, historyauthor.com is your website. People can find you there. And I hope on other American holidays and on other notable days, you'll come back and join us on Bolsonaro's Rush Hour. Just try to stop me. Thank you. And also check me out at the New York Sun. I write columns there as well. Well, here we are. 
Coming toward the end of our very special Memorial Day boast nerdly rush hour on WABC Talk Radio 77 New York. Remember to never miss a minute of the rush hour by listening live worldwide on the 77 WABC app or online at WABCradio.com. Like to thank our very, very special guest, Keith Wolford. Also, my brother and Congressman Louis Gomert, and Mr. History himself, Dean Carianis. What a delight it has been to be with you. Memorial Day is always special to me. This is the day when I think about my dad, who was so proud of his service to this country. He was a veteran of World War II. He was a veteran of the Korean War. And I often think back on the men of that generation. They're called the greatest generation for a reason. And in my dad's case, I'd just like to point out something that I've thought about often. This was a time when the Army was still segregated, thanks to Democrats, Woodrow Wilson, and Harry Truman. This was a time when it would have been so easy for some Americans who were not allowed to fully participate in American society to say, no, thank you. But they, like so many other veterans, stood up for America when America needed them most, regardless of what was going on at home. We all need to stand up for America because our nation, folks, is in trouble. There are so many things that we have to get a handle on. The violence that is plaguing our society. The schools that are indoctrinating rather than educating our children. And so much more. We can all be part of the next greatest generation. Well, that's it for now. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. Back tomorrow for Bo Snurley's Rush Hour at 4 o'clock. Be here. See you then. Bye. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.